Illinois now has more Muslim residents per capita than any other state in the nation. So how can we better understand the needs of this growing demographic? Well, that's exactly the question the Illinois Muslim Civic Coalition sought to answer. The coalition conducted a first-of-its-kind study with two other groups to figure out the strengths and struggles of the Muslim community in our area. Petra Al-Sufi is the Outreach and Partnerships Manager at the Institute for Social Policy and Understanding, one of the organizations involved in the research. She joins us now to break down the report's findings. Welcome to Reset, Petra. Thank you so much, Natalie, for having me. As we mentioned, Petra, this research was convened by the Illinois Muslim Civic Coalition and conducted through a partnership with your organization and UIC. Tell us more about the backstory behind getting this project off the ground. Yes. So this report, just like a lot of other research projects that ISPU does and the Illinois Civic Coalition um, intend to do, Uh, is to try to document who are the American Muslims nationally, but also who are the American Muslims in the different states. And, of course, this this time period we're talking about, who are uh, Illinois Muslims? Um, What assets do they bring to the table? What are the needs? And so that was kind of the first question that um, the Illinois Civic Coalition thought of. um, And from there, about three years ago, started bringing the appropriate groups whether it's researchers like us, ISPU, in the Institute for Policy um, and Civic Engagement, or the community leaders and different force members together to make sure that we did this the best way possible. Um, And so the process started three years ago, and here we are today with uh, the report launch, um, which which contains so much wealth and information that will be very useful for us, every aspect of society and every member of society. Um, and it will be the beginning of a lot more to be done. Your means of getting data for this study was through surveying. How did you all decide on that as a methodology? Yeah, so um, it's really hard to do uh, research for a very small um, uh, group of people. And so uh, for this, uh, for the state, we, um, you know, the researchers um, came up with a snowball uh, method, which is um, networking, pretty much um, trying to share a survey with all different networks that are possible and try to encourage um, everyone to share with their network. And so that's kind of, a, um, you know, the method that was decided on. Um, and then to address some of the deficiencies that were um, obviously a result of, of uh, not having a representative sample is um, conducting uh, study uh, focus groups. Um, so four additional uh, focus groups uh, were, were conducted and were held um, in March of this year uh, to try to make sure that we're addressing some of the needs and some of the limitations um, of the snowball method. And what languages did you offer? A lot of languages were presented, um, and those were um, based on the feedback from the task force and the community leaders, um, and, uh, you know, including um, uh, Arabic, uh, Urdu, and some of the uh, male languages that, are, you know, are believed to be uh, large Muslim community uh, demographics in the state. You mentioned the focus groups. Um, who were in those groups? Yeah, so we we had four focus groups. Um, one of them, uh, you know, contained only African American Muslims uh, because that that uh, sample was underrepresented in the survey. Another one was, uh, you know, of young 
um, Muslims in Illinois between, uh, you know, a, a younger age, 18 to 39, I believe. And then two focus groups that, um, you know, the, the members of those focus groups could be of any age or racial and ethnic uh, background. What kind of questions did you ask on the survey? We asked a lot of questions. Um, I believe there were more than 75 questions that looked at, you know, everything from basic demographics, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, needs within uh, mental health, within the healthcare system, with access and social services, to uh, contributions or what we presented as assets, you know, um, philanthropy, uh, how do you view your place of worship? Um, Do you face discrimination? Do your kids face uh, bullying? Um, You know, are you uh, were you born here or born abroad? Are you registered to vote? So trying to get a holistic picture as much as possible. What were some of the key takeaways from the report? Yeah, so as I mentioned, the report is rich. There's so much that's there, and I encourage the listeners and everyone to actually read it and see what's in there. But we present the um, the, the takeaway of the report in two ways. One, um, as assets, uh, how the American or how the Illinois Muslim uh, sample is an asset both to themselves, to their community, to uh, society, to the state. Um, but also areas of need, so opportunities um, that need to be addressed. So some of the key key takeaways in areas of need is things that were not really surprising, and we're seeing that as part of the national American story as well, Uh, more needs around having access to halal choices or uh, religiously appropriate, um, you know, food and purchasing choices, Um, whether it's food in the schools to food in, you know, in, in general places um, or purchasing, uh, you know, halal options when it comes to purchasing. Um, other areas include culturally appropriate mental health resources. And this is something that we're also seeing at the national level, not just within the American Muslim community, but within other communities um, as we as a society try to address um, the mental health crisis that exists in our nation. You mentioned. Um, oh, I was say, you, you mentioned that African Americans are underrepresented sometimes with the Muslim yeah. population. Can you talk more about what this survey sample looked like in terms of age, race, and politics? Yeah. So the sample, um, the survey was, um, you know, uh, around eighteen hundred uh, respondents filled the survey for us. Um, which is a lot higher than what we were uh, shooting for in the first place. What were you shooting for? I think we were going for around 500 or so, but I'm, you know. Wow, so more than triple. Absolutely. And that speaks to the outreach work that was done by the Illinois uh, Coalition and other members of uh, the community and the leaders. Um, And the fact that some groups were underrepresented, um, this is not unique to the survey or to the study or to our work. This is is something that we see in research across the board. Um, Some groups will always be underrepresented for for lots of reasons. So I just want to make sure that, um, you know, that's that's addressed. And some groups will be overrepresented. Um, So this is why we try to find ways to mitigate that by either doing focus groups or weighing the data um, or extending the fielding period. Um, so we took all these measures to make sure that we're addressing, um, you know, these representation issues. Um, 
um, sorry. So politics, so age. Yes, yes. Um, so the age, um, we found that the Illinois Muslim sample was very similar to that of the national American Muslim, uh, which is younger than their Illinois counterparts, younger than the than national average. Um, they're more diverse. It's a very diverse community racially and, uh, and, and, and ethnically. Um, the interesting one was the political affiliation, which is something that we're also seeing um, at the national level where American Muslims and also the uh, Illinois Muslim sample, their political affiliation have changed over the last couple of decades. Um, so we saw, uh, uh, um, sorry, uh, some of them uh, are affiliated with the Democratic Party, uh, a larger uh chunk than that of the Illinois general public are affiliating as independent, uh, which is something different than um, than the Illinois uh, general public, uh, you know, affiliation. And so that speaks to opportunities for engagement from, um, you know, different political parties and also opportunities to address the needs and the challenges faced um, by American Muslims in, in the society. If you're just tuning in, this is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking with Petra Al-Sufi from the Institute for Social Policy and Understanding about a new report aimed at better understanding the growing Muslim community here in Illinois. Petra, was there anything else that was surprising? Um, so not surprising to us, but might be interesting for people to to learn. Um, so one area around, um, you know, mental health and drug addiction. So we, we found that although the Illinois Muslim sample um, experienced drug addiction or consumption of alcohol at a lower rate than that of the general Illinois Muslim, uh, the general Illinois population, they expressed support for greater um or a need for greater support for those who are struggling with addiction. Um, so that was a that was a really interesting point to find out um, and and to see that you know the community does really care for members that are struggling struggling whether they're Muslim or not. What kind of um, religious discrimination information did you find from the survey? What were respondents saying about that? Yeah, so um, that's uh, that's another interesting point. The Illinois Muslim Sample report experiencing a little bit lower um, level of discrimination than the National American Muslim, but obviously higher than that of the general public in Illinois. Um, you know, uh, experiencing uh, religious-based discrimination. Uh, one area where the data um, was was interesting was um, the families that. Uh, said their kids are experiencing discrimination um, or religious-based bullying. Um, in this report, the data showed uh, a lot lower level of discrimination than that of the American national, uh, the American Muslim national sample. Um, and there are a few reasons to explain here is maybe the, uh, the survey period um, was in 2021 where most families were still homeschooling. So that's uh, probably one reason to, to explain that lower um, uh, sample or lower level. Um, uh, we also presented in this question um, something different from the National American Muslim Survey, um, you know, presented more options uh, of level of, of experience of discrimination. Um, we presented a, rel- a religious base, national base, ethnic base, and um, uh, 
you know, um, in, in, I guess, a culture of this uh, discrimination. Whereas in the, in the American Muslim poll, which is a national survey, we only talk about religious-based discrimination. So I want to caution us when we look at this data here that it might be, there are a lot of factors that could explain it. In addition to identifying the assets and the needs that the Muslim yeah. community in the state um needs. The report also outlined some recommendations. Can you talk about some of those? Yes. So one area that we, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the report is presented as assets in need. And really those areas of needs are opportunities for different parts of society to address. Um, And so because these are opportunities, we presented recommendations for the different leaders in, in Illinois society to address um, those opportunities and those needs. And these recommendations came about, um, you know, by work of the, the researchers in, cons- in consultation with um, the Illinois Coalition um, and its members. And so we have recommendations for funders and philanthropists, um, for example, recognizing that the community is diverse and it does uh, give generously. Um, so find ways to uh, diversify in, in, you know, the services to all marginalized communities and, and make sure that they're at the decision-making table. Um, invest in civic engagement efforts to support full community participation um, in our democratic process. So this is just, for example, for funders and philanthropists. For educators, um, one of the areas of needs that was presented is lack of access to halal food, um, uh, also, the you know the level of religious-based bullying or discrimination that students um, face. So there's an opportunity here for educators in in um, you know uh, in, in educators in our society to include implicit bias training um, related to Islamophobia and religious-based bullying in their staff and culture sensitivity trainings. Uh, to partner with Muslim-led organization or community organizations uh, to, to provide halal options. And the good thing about providing halal options, it's not only going to be limited to Muslim students, it will be available for all students, and there is no harm there. Um, it will be similar to providing kosher food for, for Jewish, um, Jewish students. Um, so we have, we have recommendations for policymakers, for uh, future researchers. As I mentioned, this is just the beginning. There's a lot more that needs to be investigated and looked at. So there, we have recommendations for, for researchers as well. Great. That's Petra Al-Sufi, the Outreach and Partner Partnership Manager for the Institute for Social Policy and Understanding. For more information, you can read about the report on WBEZ.org. Thanks for your time, Petra. Thank you so much for having me, and I encourage everyone to join us today for virtually as we launch this report and have an event to go through the pres- uh, through the report finding. Thank you again for having us. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.